Welcome to the Course Reports, the 2019 PGA Championship Edition today. Featuring Reese Jones and Andy Wilson of Bethpage State Park, we're bringing to you straight the real deal, inside information into professional golf venues around the world, major championship edition this week. It's going to be the smooth and true facts. It's the Course Reports. I'm Curtis Tyrell, Certified Golf Course Superintendent, Master Greenkeeper. I'm your host. It's time to get on the green. It's time for the Course Reports. Well, this episode of the Course Reports is a special one for sure. We've got two industry-leading guests, starting with world-renowned golf course architect, Reese Jones. Reese, thanks for coming on the Course Reports again. How are you today? I'm doing great. Looking forward to the PGA Championship. Well, you are the Open Doctor and now also the PGA Championship Doctor on the same course. How does that feel? Well, I think uh, what, what I feel is that uh, when we restored um, Beth Page back for the 2002 Open and then had another one in 2009, we really brought the public player and the public golfer into major championship, uh, the major championship world. And I think continuing now with the PGA Championship and then the Ryder Cup in 2024, I think Beth Page Black is truly established as one of the great golf courses in the world. Well, there's no question about that. Uh, let's welcome our second guest. I, I think he's the man of the hour. Some people might think Tiger Woods is right now, but he's certainly much busier than Tiger Woods at the very specific moment. Director of Agronomy at Bethpage State Park, Andrew Wilson. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Kurt. Yeah. You staying busy? Yeah. How's yeah. the weather? Well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I wasn't wearing shorts like Tiger was the other day when he was here practicing, but... Uh, yeah, he'll have to get his game. He'll get his game face on soon enough. We're we're building a stage, and uh, the, you know him and uh, all the other players. We've had uh, Phil's been around, and a couple other guys today. Some of the local players are disqualified. Have been in for practice rounds, so it's it's exciting for the crew to see these guys out here, and you know getting a little bit of feedback. But just to see the players out there, uh, you know, everyone's getting on the crew. We're all getting amped up. Certainly, the time is now, right? I mean, you're you're finally there. I mean, do you guys have any uh, sense of relief that you've made it, or where where do you guys stand in terms of your preparation, just generally? Well, I think we're yeah, we're pretty happy with where we are. I, I think the, the the floor of expectations we had were met. I think we were talking about that a little earlier. So, uh, you, you know, the the minimum expectations were met, and now, which was basically, you know. I guess I was I was looking at it as like an A grade, and now we're trying to get a little better, and then hopefully we can, you know, do little things to make the course, do little details to make the course better. And uh, you know, as a superintendent, there's always things you look at the golf course, and there's a hundred things you'd want to do different, you'd want to improve if you could. So that's that's kind of where we're at now. But the most importantly, the greens are in great shape, uh, the fairways are in great shape, and Mike Mike Hadley, our super on the black course, has done a you know an outstanding job. Uh, you know, really, we've been working together for almost 18 years, and for the past six years, we've known we've going to have this tournament. So, it's it's the culmination of a, of a lot of years and a lot of a lot of labor. Absolutely. Well, speaking of working together, you two guys know each other from way back. You've both been uh, working at Beth Page now for a long time. So, uh, Reese, tell us a little bit about uh, the history of how you know, the current course came to be and and what went into uh, you know making this incredible. Uh, turnaround with this uh, facility 
Well, it really was the brainchild of David Fay, the former executive director of the USGA, and Jay Matola, the former executive director of the Metropolitan Golf Association. They always thought that Beth Page Black uh, should host a major championship. And um, so in the middle 90s, May 1st, 1995, we all went and played Beth Page Black to determine whether or not it could be restored and renovated um, to accommodate the best players in the game. Uh, David Fay came to the conclusion it could, and uh, then they funded uh, over $3 million to bring it back to its former glory and then to add length and add some additional challenge for the best players today. And uh, then we had the, a very successful U.S. Open in 2008 and then another one in 2009. And now having the PGA Championship uh, this year really confirms that uh, yeah, you we know, really accomplished I'm looking the task through some of your notes originally. that you shared with me, I mean, you guys have done uh, quite a bit of work, I mean, across the property over an extensive period of time. And, and I want to get back to that in a second. But Andrew, you know, you, how long have you been uh, at Beth Page Black? Oh boy, since 1989 was my first summer here. So, uh, you know, I worked, I worked around the clubhouse doing some sort of a uh, little bit of everything. Uh, you know, we, we at the state parks actually ran the tennis courts back then. So I would do that. I mean, I would go to the picnic area, I'd help set up for outings and uh, a little more clubhouse maintenance type duties. Uh, I'd sell green street tickets. So uh, I was a starter. And then, then in 97, uh, a little before that, actually, the, the park director changed and uh, Dave Catalano came on board and you know, he, he was another big part of the, the whole restoration of Beth Page, another driving force. And then he, uh, you know, I guess he sort of tapped me and, and one of our other guys, Charlie Riedlinger, who's the superintendent now at Montauk Downs, another good super. Uh, he sort of tapped us to join the golf course maintenance team. And then, uh, you know, when Craig came out here, uh, you know, he was uh, Craig's out. He, he was out here today too. He's kind of he wanted to come by and see how the place is looking. So, uh, you know, I, I basically started working with Craig from day one, and then uh, that, you know, never looked back and just kept moving on. You know, when we were talking, uh, you know, last month when we were out there filming that video together, you said that you you saw it when when clover was the predominant uh, turf in the fairways or weed in the fairways, I should say. I mean, what a what a thing for you to see it go from that to the PGA championship today. I mean, uh, you know, pretty significant. Oh yeah. It's a great learning experience. I mean, uh, I think, uh, for the original renovation, uh, yeah, I know that, you know, that there'll be some pictures of, uh, some of Reese and, and Dave Catalano and Craig Currier in the clubhouse. And I'm, I'm sort of the guy behind the guy behind the guy, probably behind the guy at that point. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so you know, like like you said, redoing all the bunkers and seeing all that work getting done and, and working with the contractor and, and just getting a good growing experience uh, at the ground level was, was great for me. And, uh, you know, the culmination of a lot of that effort uh, led, led, led me to today. So it's, you know, it's, it's I guess maybe uh, maybe we call wisdom. I guess I'm getting old enough where I can actually see how my experience has paid off at some point. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're about to have this championship and, the, and present, a, you know, the uh, – you know, so hopefully another second stage for, for Beth Page and majors switching over to the, the PGA and having the, the PGA championship now and then the Ryder Cup in 24. Right. Well, you know what? I think what's really interesting is that you've been there for every tournament so far. So the two U.S. Opens, the um, uh, the FedEx Cup, yeah, the Barclays, Barclays. and uh, now yeah. you're here for the PGA championship. So, you know, I think the story that was out there you was, hey, we're moving the PGA championship from August to May, and you guys get to be the uh, the first voyage into that. Um, 
you know, having done tournaments in June and August, you know, how do you feel about the May event? And, um, you know, was there any particular challenge that uh, you were concerned about leading up to it? And where do you stand on that? Uh, I guess when I first, Kerry Hay had called me uh, or sent me an email maybe about three years ago. And, you know, I figured when he was asking, there, there must have been a little bit of a story behind it. But, you know, uh, he was just asked about the, what the difference between May and, and August was. And, you know, for a little while, I felt like the uh, the cat that ate the canary, uh, just because, you know, May is a superior month for us with poa greens and cool season grasses. Uh, the only, uh, I guess the biggest concern was, you know, how big that canary was, and that, that meaning uh, winter damage possibility. Because outside of the winter damage issue, uh, you know, May would be a better month for us for, for poa. And in terms of also, just terms of the, the facility itself and how busy we are, uh, you know, by August, uh, we, we would have done a lot more rounds. The course would probably be a little more tired. And now it's, uh, you know, literally has a little more spring in its step at this time of year. Right, right. You know, um, betting everything on how bad the winter was had to be a little bit stressful for you. Um, oh, yeah. Because you know, yeah, there's really well, not much you can do con to control that. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we never covered the greens, so we really didn't want to try that and try something new the, the year before the tournament. And then... Uh, each winter we've had a major, we've dodged a bullet, and we've had a really nice mild winter. I don't, I don't think we had 10 inches of snow this winter, so we really dodged a bullet there. And, you know, I guess the other way we looked at it was in uh, – so we've had winter damage where we've lost greens in two out of 22 years, and, we you know, we have stress in August every year. So uh, th those were odds we were, uh, we were happy to accept. Yeah, right. Well, you know what? It's a good thing that that is not a story right now and that the, the, the story is that everything's in great shape. And Reese, you know, from your perspective, uh, with the tournament moving to this time of year, did you have any particular thoughts on that uh, with regards to how the course was going to play and set up? Well, I think uh, Andrew really doesn't give himself enough credit. He and Mike Hadley have uh, really followed the pro their protocol to a T. And uh, there's a reason why the golf course is going to be in such great condition for next week's PGAs because uh, they've been dedicated uh, to the golf course for a long period of time. And, and they found out two years ago they're going to have it in uh, May instead of August. And I think to some degree, as long as they, we didn't have any winter kill, uh, that was a, a real positive for both those guys because uh, the grass is now really popping. It's on the upswing. We haven't had any heat waves. We haven't had the volume of play they have on the uh, the golf course. So uh, I think it's going to turn out to be a positive for the PGA. And also, uh, Tiger didn't uh, do us any harm by winning the Masters. I mean, now the PGA Championship is really on everybody's schedule uh, to watch or to attend. And so it's going to be a home run. Yeah, no question about it. So, Reese, looking at, at the, the body of work from – the late nineties to today that you've performed at Beth page, you know, is there any part of it that you would call the most significant or, or what you, you consider to be really, you know, the defining difference from what you discovered and what it is today? Well, we discovered a golf course where they could charge the same amount of money if it was in poor condition or in good condition back in 1995. Um, and basically the uh, USJ asked them, if we spend all this money, you won't raise the rates. And they agreed to that for a period of time. So that was good. So everybody can really play it. But I think um, when people ask me about my career, I, I really refer to Beth Page, Black, Torrey Pines, and Eastlake as uh, very significant projects because they really went beyond this, just the game of golf. This was uh, a public venue, the first publicly owned venue 
to host our our national championship. And I think what's really kind of boggled everybody's minds is that back in uh, 2002, the Craig Courier had it in great shape. And then 2009, we got through the rainstorms and Andrew Wilson and his staff are going to have it in great shape. They're going to be really surprised how great the condition is because um, our guys have been seeing it and uh, everybody says that Andrew and, and Mike Hadley have really given us a great facility to, to play the, the PGA Championship on. Um, but over the years, I have to say, and Andrew can tell you this too, we've been tweaking it and making a few changes. We rebuilt the second green. We built the, rebuilt the third green. We rebuilt the 14th. You know, the state has not stood still uh, with the fact that they get the volume of play that they do and they're so successful. Uh, they've continued to improve the facility, which is why I think it attracted the PGA Championship as well as the Ryder Cup. Yeah, no question about it. You know, I I was really just impressed by the scale of things there and obviously, you know, the first time walking around. But th- there were a couple of the design features that really stood out, like, you know, number nine, that fairway bunker. I mean, you know, that, that thing is massive and it just fits perfectly. And when I saw that... You know, my first thought was, oh, that had to be there originally, but, you know, it wasn't. So, you know, I mean, what was that Was that one piece of, uh, of the design changes that you would call major, or is there another one in particular that you think is more important? Well, I say it's significant. Yeah. Um, that's That fairway is not flat. Uh, you sort of have to favor the left side. We took the tee back considerably, um, and it really comes into play, and it is – it is a problem uh, off the tee, but the, there's a lot of room to the right side, and it really makes the golfer have to favor the right side to some degree. So I think it's a, a major change. And we added other fairway bunkers, um, like on 13, uh, since the 2002 uh, U.S. Open. So uh, we, we watched how it was played in 2002. We watched how it was played in 2009. We worked with Andrew and his crew as far as the agronomy. We improved the agronomic aspect of the golf course as well as the design aspect. Andrew, those bunkers, like the big one on nine and and some of the other ones out there, you know, they're real steep. I mean, are there any particular maintenance strategies that you guys are employing to, um, you know, keep them uh, in tip-top shape, both for the everyday player as well as for the championship? Well, one of the biggest things we did between – it was actually a little bit before the first Barclays, we started installing the uh, the better Billy Bunker system in them. And that, that's yeah. really been a lifesaver with, uh, in terms of washouts. So the sand stays where it is so, and less contamination. Uh, so that, that's been a real help. So we've actually done all our, uh, all the greenside bunkers are, are Billy Bunker and a bunch of the more important fairway bunkers. And uh, one of the good things about this spring, we, we were only open for two weeks. So, and we had limited rounds. So we were really able to pack the bunkers tight. Uh, you know, one of the, I guess, for the daily player, it's a little tougher to get the bunkers into shape because uh, with the amount of people we get in them, they really get a lot of traffic and it's hard to, for them to set. They get they always get pretty shifty underneath your foot and we do get some uh, plugged lies. So that's always that's hard for the daily player with the amount of rounds we do, but I guess that's uh, it's a good problem to have that, that we're doing that many rounds. Uh, so hopefully I think we're doing a little bit. Mike and the guys have really been uh, paying pretty – Good attention to the bunkers, hoping to avoid any any fried egg lies. Uh, you know, kind of can sort of be bound to happen here or there. But uh, that, that the between the drainage in the bunkers, that's really helped. Uh, I mean, it's just helped immeasurably. It really is. A, it's it's such a right. confidence booster, or almost a morale booster for the crew when you know you get an inch of rain and the, 
the sand's not going to move, so you don't have to get the whole crew out there with shovels and all that. That whole routine from uh, you know from the '90s that would just be uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that was a tiring day. That was a tiring day when we'd have to shovel those bunkers back up. Right. So as opposed to 2009, and and we're all going to think positive, you're not going to get that kind of weather this time. But, you know, uh, this if, if you did have a, a rain event, the bunkers would be able to get back into play a lot quicker just due to the infrastructure that you installed and the way they're set up now. Correct. And a lot of the greens, the greens have internal drainage now, too. Uh, so uh, the greens, uh, recent alluded to the, the several greens that have been rebuilt. And those greens are, are drained really well, and the other greens, you know, are vastly improved too with the uh, the internal drainage that got put in a few years ago. Okay, um, hey Reese. So um, prepping for this uh, event specifically, the stuff you did in the last couple of years, on number one, you you really tried to cut off the uh, the dog leg there a little bit with some tree planting and stuff. What do you what do you think the guys are going to be doing on that hole? I mean, it's it's um, for them. Can't they just bomb it over those trees? Uh, yes, they can. And that's why we really wanted to plant some more trees there and, and really make them play the dog leg. That we, really what's happened on sharp dog legs, and that's one of them, uh, is that uh, since the ball's gone so far and so high, uh, the sharp dog leg uh, really doesn't play as difficult and as long as it has previously. That all started with John Daly at the PGA Championship at Crooked Stick when he cut off all the sharp doglegs and won the event, um, surprisingly. So, uh, but we, we want them to get off. They're, I think the great thing about Beth Page Black, you get off on number one as a driver in a short iron. You do, really don't have to go over the trees. And I don't think the players are going to really think that way uh, on the first hole. They just want to get going. They're, they're all a little bit nervous on that first tee. Their muscles are a little bit tighter. Right. And they just want to hit it down the middle probably and hit the short club in. It's, a, it's not a hard second shot. Then the second hole is a driver and a wedge. The third hole we lengthened years ago, and it's a good par three. And then the fourth hole is a, a two-shot par five. So uh, really, it's a wonderful way to get off and and uh, for a championship golf course. And then you start hitting the meat of the golf course. Five is one of the great holes in the world. And then six is another birdie opportunity. And then seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve are strong holes. Speaking of 11, you guys added uh, an extension to the back left of that green. Yes. Um, so what was kind of the thought process behind some of the work you did there? Well, we did that in conjunction with Kerry Haig and uh, really gave us another opportunity to sort of hide the pin. Um, you basically hide the pins to some degree because uh, the players, the good players, especially the ones that are going to be on the leaderboard, will decide whether or not they go for the flag or whether they go for the center of the green. They're going to check their dispersion rate uh, on that shot. And uh, when you tuck the pin in that new pin position, they're going to probably favor the right side a little bit more, which really gives them less chance for birdie and less chance to go for it unless they really need it. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Andrew, that extension that you guys put in there, um, you know, you matched the turf up. You actually grew the turf for that on site, right? Off one of your own nurseries. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Uh, yeah, it was plugs. So we were basically just using whenever we would aerate, uh, we, you know, you couldn't use quad time. Quad, we never really had great success using quad time plugs. A little bit bigger plug worked better. Uh, so especially the, the couple of greens that got rebuilt, we used, uh, we actually brought Oakmont Poissad. So that was pretty good stuff. And then we combined plugs from all our greens basically to get it to match up as good as we can. Uh, yeah, you, you can still see it a little bit. It's a little tighter and a little denser. There's a little, you know what it is? There's a little less bent in there. There's actually, it's almost all POA. So uh, 
but it, but it drains well, it putts well. If the transition is seamless, I mean, the putts don't, there's no, uh, you know, with a full year of, of uh, time to knit in and grow in, there's no skip or anything like that. The greens are rolling great. And it's, it's, it really helped out the, uh, what, what Reese and, uh, and, and Greg did with the design of that, it really helped us with public play too, because we, we gained a few extra pin positions for public play. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. We got a, a great couple of new pin locations for a championship and the public gets the benefit from, uh, you know, a few more pin positions in general. So we don't have to, you know, we can kind of spread the wear and tear a little bit out there. Perfect. Perfect. A win-win. That's always a good thing. You know, speaking of, speaking of yeah, the greens, yeah. um, are you still working the one ton roller or, or, uh, did you put that thing away yet? Yeah. That, uh, the last one we did a couple of days ago and I think that was about it. Uh, so it did help smooth it out. Basically what we were trying to do is, to kind of get the surfaces, uh, maybe not as firm. I, we were more thinking about it as getting firm, just so water would sheet off instead of water, instead of, you know, really turning them into concrete. We don't want to do that, obviously, because that would, you know, we wouldn't be able to grow a healthy plant. It was more about getting them a little bit firmer, just so if we were expecting a rain, that hopefully the water would sheet off instead of absorbing into the green and then they would get a little softer. So uh, we did our last one a couple of days ago. So that'll be that. Good deal. Now, you seen any seed heads, or have they been uh, have everything been under control for you? Uh, there, there are some seed heads out there on the greens. They're they're tiny though. With the with the growth regulators we use, they're like pinhead size seed heads, and uh, the, the, we've gotten some positive reactions from uh, last Monday after we closed. We did a charity outing with some local pros, and they all were pretty positive uh, towards how the greens were rolling, and some of the practice round reviews have been pretty positive too. That the greens are very true. And the, the some seed heads that are there, we actually groom the greens today, uh, try and tickle some of them out of there. That'll probably be the last groom we do. So even though there'll, there'll be some visible seed heads, uh, as far as we're, we're the, the cultural practices that we're doing have really eliminated their impact uh, to, to nil. You know, I think, you know, what's really interesting uh, about all the different grasses we grow is the various uh various challenges that come with all of them and, and poania is just it's a tough grass to grow and to do well and i tell you it looks fantastic out there and uh i'm sure they're gonna love it uh how you were talking about uh, about a month ago you were hoping the rough was gonna get growing what's it looking like today yeah it's pretty healthy now i'd, I'd say you know we've been cutting it at three inches and we'll probably go a little bit higher uh but it's it's pretty it's pretty thick it's pretty good I, i'd say it's you know, 85 to 90% consistent. And so there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, rub of the green if a player hits it in the rough, which I think uh, in my opinion, that's fine. And it, it really, it's taken off, especially the last two weeks. I think the, the temperatures got a little warmer and that extra five or six degrees uh, and you know, a little, uh, not a, we, we didn't really pound it with fertilizer. We were going crazy, but every, every time we were spraying the rough, we, we put a little bit of a, uh, you know, we put a little bit of extra fert in there, you know, a quarter pound or something, nothing crazy. We we're trying to, juice it so uh, at some point it really does come down to the soil temps too but we're, we're pretty happy with where it is now the uh the like last year you know one of the reasons that i'm happy with the reduction of rounds beforehand was the uh, the immediate surround right off the collar we it's a two pass that's cut a little lower that that got pretty worn out with our daily play and that's a really great shape that's in the best shape mike and the guys have that in the best shape i've ever seen it and the, uh, the, the roughs and the bunkers, uh, we're, yeah, we're looking pretty good right now. Oh man. That's awesome to hear. So, uh, Reese, as far as this event, um, what should our listeners be watching for anything in particular that, uh, that you're in, uh, excited to see what happens or, or certain holes or anything that, uh, we should be looking out for? 
Well, I think uh, the magic of Bethpage Black is that uh, the public players, the higher handicappers, love the golf course. But the pros, I've never had a golf course that I've redesigned uh, that had virtually no complaints. Um, and I think they, they, they love it, number one, it only has one water hole. And that, that hole is going to change on a given day. If you put it in the front and bring the water into play, the eighth hole, the par three, uh, it's one hole. If you put it back in the terrace with a back bunker, it's another hole. And in the middle, it's another hole. So for three separate days, it's going to play differently. Um, I think um, the, the finish is going to be very interesting. I think the players have to get through those middle holes, especially 10, 11, 12. Then they get their birdie opportunities on 13, 14. Then they have a real bear of a par four and 15, which I don't think they're going to play at the total length. And then 16 is a swing hole. 17 is like two holes in one. The right side is a different club than the left side. And it's a shallower wide green. And then 18 is a birdie opportunity. And, and what I really want to see is when they come down the final hole, I'd like to see a bunch of them uh, playing. They're all going to play the hole differently because um, they're going to challenge the hole if they're one shot behind. If they're a little bit ahead, they may play more conservatively. Um, but the length is – Bethpage Black has the length. It also has an ebb and flow to it. It has many birdie opportunities. And I think that's why the professional players love it so much. For sure. And, and Andrew, what what do you want the listeners to be paying attention to out there, you know, from your perspective? Uh, I think during a tournament, I mean, I think driving accuracy is a, is a huge thing for the players that's going to be the most successful out there. And, uh, yeah, other than that, that it's a public course that anybody can play. So hopefully everyone sees it and then even more people want to come and play. So it's always a bit, you know, it's sometimes it's a bit hokey or you think it being that you're here every day, you know, maybe you think it's a little corny or cliche when you see the, the People's Country Club sign or, or you know, the warning sign, but people love it. So, you know, it, it's been really great seeing the, the, the golfer's reaction, uh, the public's reaction. Those last two weeks we were open, you know, I think the starter was taking, a, this, the Black Horse starter was uh, practically a, a professional photographer with all the pictures they have to take on that warning sign and, with the, the, you know, the People's Country Club sign. And then hopefully it's a, you know, kind of a lasting legacy that, you know, we had a, a U.S. Open you know, 17 years ago, and now we have another major. So it's almost like getting a new generation of golfers hooked on Beth Page and, uh, and a great course. Yeah, that's that's exciting. How's your team holding up? Is everybody uh, uh, excited? I'm sure they are. And uh, have your volunteers started to roll in yet? Uh, a couple of guys are coming in tonight, and then tomorrow uh, we have the British Invasion tomorrow. we got about uh, about 15 guys from the U.K. coming and then we have about about 50 local volunteers from the, the, the Long Island guys and the Westchester guys and about another 15 or 20 guys coming from across the country. So, yeah, we have a, a really good crew. The crew is uh, the crew's doing well. I mean, it, I, I, that could be another advantage to the spring just because this weather, it's a lot easier to work in, the, in you know, 50, 60 degree weather or low 70s than it is. And, you know, like those dog days of summer can kind of really, really drag guys down. So putting in long hours this year, it's uh, this time of year, it's another another advantage for that switch. Yeah, for sure, man. That's that's great to hear. Well, who's who do you think's gonna win? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I just have to wish best of luck to all the players because then they always say, I always the PGA agronomists used to tell me that they say, well, don't wish any one player like you. Well, you hope they win because then if the other players here, they'll they'll be upset at you. So uh, you <laughs> know, I, I'm just hoping for a good competition. I mean, I think uh, you know I, I've been saying it to a couple other people, and I and I, I just reiterate that you know we're building we're building the stage, and we want the the. People are coming to watch the players, and they want to see that. That's what they 
they're coming to see some some good action, some a little you know a little bit of drama on Sunday is, is what we're hoping for, and and uh, that yeah, that's the biggest thing that's that'll create memories, uh, you know, more so than the condition of the golf course will be the, the memory of the competition. So we just hope we have a really good competition, and we've done our job well enough to to do that for uh, for the for the spectators. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The fact that uh, Beth Page is going to win this week, you know, that uh, you guys have done an amazing job and, and you deserve uh, all the accolades and, and all the congratulations on that. Reese, do you have any thoughts on, on who is uh, might come out on top on Sunday? Well, in 2002, I got on the Today Show with Al Roker and I predicted Tiger Woods. And I think the world of golf would like to see that happen again. Um, he... He grew up on public golf courses. It was the perfect um, venue for him to win the U.S. Open, and I think if he won the PGA Championship there, uh, they'd probably make him the captain of the Ryder Cup in 2024. Yeah, no question about that. Wouldn't that be cool? Hmm. For sure. Yeah, I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say no to Tiger when he put it that way. I guess I'm not supposed to root for anybody, but yeah, when you, <laughs> when you see the excitement and the, the memory of 02 and on the Sunday round just the wave of people following him. It was, it was, uh, it's nice. I can remember on the second hole, just seeing the whole fairway, just covered in people when he went from two to three and it. Yeah, it was awesome. So hopefully we get some of that magic back. Cause that was great. What? It really was. Yeah. The one thing about tiger right now is he's hitting it accurately off the tee. And, uh, this is the old setup. This is the narrow fairways. This is the four foot first cut of an inch and a half. Then you go to three inches. Um, these big bombers, um, you know, the ball goes offline, it goes offline a little bit farther and, uh, Tiger's still hitting it long, but, um, he wanted Eastlake, which was my design. And he wanted Augusta national, um, uh, which doesn't have a whole lot of rough, but he kept it on the fairway so he could spin the ball. And it's, it's really critical now, uh, the way they're spinning the ball, stopping on a dime to, to hit that short grass and Tiger's been doing that. And I think the player that, that wins it is going to have to hit in the fairway. No doubt about it. Well, I tell you what, you know, both of the Opens were so loud. You know, they were like Ryder Cup loud. That's that's the kind of fans that come there to support that facility and the event. Um, so I, you expect it to be the same in terms of crowds this, uh, this week, Andrew? Yeah, I think uh, – actually, the pairings were just out. So I know, you know, Tiger and – Tiger, Kepka and Molinari are going to be paired together. So, yeah, I, I can imagine Friday afternoon it'll, it'll be – yeah, it'll be a lively place out there, and I know they sold out. The weekend sold out, and uh, all you know the local people I talk to in the, in the you know the, the Farmingdale meat market and some of the restaurants that we that I go to, that everyone's pretty excited about it. So, uh, yeah, it should be everyone coming out here. The, you know, the train stations getting will be uh, running high for us, and the, the locals that can walk in. Uh, so, yeah, everyone's pretty happy about it. So, uh, yeah, it's it, we're just getting, we're getting ready. Let's hope for some good weather. I mean, I don't think the weather, the forecast wasn't isn't too bad. So, uh, yeah, can't control that anyway. So let's just wait and see some good golf. Absolutely. Well, listen, congratulations to you both. You guys have a lot of hard work invested in into Beth Page Black, and the whole world's going to see it. And um, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining it, us and uh, providing the insight to our listeners. Thanks a lot, Curtis. Yep. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you. Well, there you have it. A big thank you to Reese Jones and Andy Wilson for a great podcast this week. Please check out the course reports on site on YouTube. And we want to thank everybody that has been watching the video and subscribing to the channel, as well as everybody that's been listening to the podcast. Our, our listener 
and viewer list has been growing each week and we really appreciate the support we've got a lot of great content coming to you in the future some really great episodes in the planning next week we're going to be talking about colonial and we're going to be talking about oak hill so don't miss it thanks again